Hello, hello, and welcome to Meet My Potential podcast. This podcast is for high achievers who aspire to meet their goals with ease and peace of mind. This is your host, Deepa Natarajan. And before we start, I'm going to invite you to go over to my website, www.meetmypotential.com slash ebook. So you can get my brand new ebook with common traits. So check it out. Check out if you are a high achiever by looking at those traits. And at the end of the ebook, I have one simple tip that can help you to reach your goals with more ease. So that's www.meetmypotential.com slash ebook. The topic of this episode is, what is the impact of organizational politics on the mind? And before we look at what is the impact, let's go back a little bit in time as to what is the definition of politics before we get into what is the definition of organizational politics. So going really back in time, Aristotle, he defines politics is a practical science because it deals with making people happy. So now, if you look at that definition, is politics really to make the citizens and the people happy? And can we make that a little bit more specific to organizations? So I googled up a little bit and I searched And here's what I found. I found the definition of Michael Jarrett, who is a professor at INSEAD University in Singapore. He says that organizational politics refers to a variety of associated activities with the use of influence tactics to improve personal or organizational interests. Now, I'm sure you will recall many actions or many incidents where influence tactics has been used with a good intention. And that kind of politics is very welcomed by the people and in fact is well appreciated by the people. I interviewed about 20 people in four different organizations, three of them being large corporations. There's one question I asked everybody at the end of the interview. I asked them, what words come to your mind when you think of organizational politics? Now, this is not a trick question, so I'm going to ask you this question again. What words come to your mind when you think of organizational politics? Try and answer that question quickly without really rationalizing it. Here are some of the answers I got. Inefficiency, manipulation, gambling, dishonesty, injustice. It's a black hole. We don't know what's going on. Bad governance. Power games, game theory, ambition, old people, men at war, frustration, painful, unethical, slow. I wonder what words came up in your mind and do share with me. I'd love to hear from you what words come up to your mind when you think of organizational politics. Now, these are not just words. These words are coming from our perception. And this perception has an impact on our mind. When one faces inefficiency, when one faces lies, when one faces manipulation, collaboration is completely down and our mind becomes hypervigilant. Why did he say that in the meeting? What was his intention? The first impact of organizational politics is that we become very self-protective. Self-protective because we don't know who has what intention, who is doing what, and why people are lying, why people are hiding information, what is the tactics, what's the game involved. So we become very hyper-vigilant, and our hyper-vigilance has three main impacts on our mind. We become very self-protective. Let me have a chat with a team member. 
Self-protective is basically this notion of having a wall or a curtain between you and the other person. The relationship is not very clear. So you have a protective layer between you and the other person where you don't share information, where you don't share exactly what you think about the other person. And so you open a small window to see and to test what is intention, what is on the mind of the other person by going and having a coffee with the other person. Or let's say you have to drive to another building for a meeting and you'll say, oh, okay, let me drive him to that building. And then while we're driving, I'll ask him a few questions. Basically, there's a wall of distrust, a false harmony, and people open a small window of opportunity or a small window to test and to poke the other person from a very self-protective place. The second impact that this hypervigilance has on our mind is we become paranoid. Our mind becomes like a television channel making movies and our brain switches from one channel to other, wondering which movie or which channel is playing the right story or the right information or what is exactly happening. And so we become paranoid of things happening around us and trust is completely down. The third impact of becoming hypervigilant is we become very lonely. And I said that people become very lonely because all the people I spoke to spent more than the time that they had initially scheduled with me in the interview. Some of the people cancel their lunch appointments to stay back and to have a much longer conversation. And I realized that they were very lonely and they just wanted to talk to somebody about how their mind is working. And that's sad because we spend so much time at work feeling distrust with our hypervigilance mode being very active. And that brings a lot of fatigue. Now, fatigue in itself is not a bad thing. When we do a lot, when we have a lot of actions and we get a lot done, fatigue is normal. But exhaustion that comes is basically because we are playing solo. We're doing it all alone. Exhaustion happens when we do too much and we're all alone in the game. And that exhaustion leads to burnout. I remember one of the managers said to me, well, um, I can do this alone. And I said, what do you mean you can do this alone? And he said, well, that's just how it's been in this organization. The sales don't work with the IT. It's just been the culture of this organization where these two departments just don't get along and I can do it alone. The, that statement, I can do it alone, is not just this manager. Many people feel that way in organizations. Me, my department can do it alone. The problem is needing no one is against everything we know about neurobiology of human connection. We are social species. We don't get strength from our rugged individualism, but rather we gain strength from our ability to plan together, to brainstorm together, to co-create and to work together. So standing strong and being alone is not something to be proud of. We're all wired for human connection. So if you're feeling like a lone wolf, if you're feeling hypervigilant, or if you know someone who's feeling hypervigilant, who is making stories in their head, becoming paranoid, feeling lonely, here's one tip I'd like to share with you. What if you could be courageous and go and call out that story? So what if you could say that the story I'm making is that you're waiting for me to fail and that makes me not trust you? I need you to share all the information with my team. So the format of that phrase is something like this. 
the story I'm making is blah, 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 fill in the blanks. And that makes me your feelings. I need this. So what you do by actually sharing the story that you're making in your brain is not only are you courageously putting out the story that you're making, but you're also sharing vulnerably how you feel and asking truly and deeply for what you need. What gets in the way of having this kind of a clear and hard conversation is that people want to be nice. People want to maintain a certain level of diplomacy. People want to maintain a certain level of harmony. Feeding people with half the truth, feeding people with half of what you think and not being completely clear is unkind. When you're not being clear with your colleague about your expectations because it feels too hard and yet holding them accountable or blaming them for not cooperating with you, that is unkind. It might be painful. It might be uncomfortable to have such a conversation, which is exactly why we wrap things up very quickly in meetings and get get out of these kind of conversations. So being clear, talking about what's going on in your head, talking about how it makes you feel, asking for what you need is actually being clear. And being clear is being kind. Being clear means having more peace of mind. Being clear means being more efficient. So I hope you will take one step forward to creating more clear spaces around you, to calling the bullshit and asking the right and tough questions and having a little bit more tough conversations and talking about stories that you are creating in your mind. So if you want to share with me your words, your stories, and anything else about organizational politics, I'd love to hear from you. Do reach out to me. Just head over to www.meetmypotential.com and I read every single email. I look forward to hearing from you. And until then, stay cool. Stay cool.